belief is not a matter of choice, but of conviction. Welcome back. Um, uh, we are on Clone Wars commentary with Cheyenne. I guess that's what I'm going with for right now. <laughs> um, if you guys have any name suggestions, if we don't figure one out by the time we start posting, please let us know. I have teamed up with Danny and Kristen on their, well, through Kessel Run Weekly to be able to provide you guys with these Clone Wars episodes. Basically, if you missed the first episode, um, or maybe you just want to reiterate, I am rewatching Clone Wars so that when Clone Wars Saved comes out, I know what's going on. <laughs> um, I, as much as I'd like to think I know everything there is to know about Star Wars, I also like continuously listen to other Star Wars podcasts because I keep growing my knowledge of it. It's something that I love. That's the reason I'm here doing this for you guys today and for myself, just for my own little edification of the episodes and the lore. Um, because that is one of my favorite, I don't want to use the word arguments, but debates of whether or not people like the war or the lore. Um, that's more of like a personal opinion, I guess, or a preference. Um, so I kind of love both. I love lightsaber scenes. I love the politics behind it, but I also love these politics because it doesn't take a lot to understand them versus real life politics. Um, and then the lore behind it all is definitely my favorite part. Like, I love the Force, what it means, what it does, how it works. So, it's definitely one of my favorite parts of watching any and all Star Wars. So today we're doing Season 1, Episode 2 of The Clone Wars. The episode is called Rising Malevolence. We'll see what our quote is for today. Alright, quote for today. Belief is not a matter of choice, but of conviction. So, hmm. <laughs> so a couple of things that I get out of this. Um, Star Wars related. Their beliefs, like if you're strong in the force, it's not a matter of like you getting to choose whether or not you're strong in the force and whether or not you believe in it. It's how much you like give yourself to it if that makes sense. Because instead of just deciding, I'm strong with the Force, I'm going to go be a Jedi, somebody just, like sees that you're strong with the Force or you feel it and you recognize it. And so you don't usually make that decision of, I'm going to go be a Jedi or I'm going to go be a Sith. Your conviction to the Force and how you use it is what creates like your belief. Whether or not you believe good is good and bad is bad whether or not you believe you're going to be a Jedi or Sith, etc. That's kind of my Star Wars take on it. Real life take, belief is not a matter of choice, but of conviction. I would say that's not entirely true when you put it to real life perspective. Um, because I grew up in a Christian household. And that belief was due to the conviction of my parents. But when I got older... I made a choice not to attend church as much and to kind of see the world from, a, I don't want to say a different perspective, but a more wholesome perspective rather than a one lane. And that was my choice. And then it's not something that I am overly committed to. It's just something that I take as a part of my day and a part of my decision making um, versus it running my life, if that makes sense. 
getting started. Episode two. definitely something that like I hadn't really been aware of before and I remember seeing him in the movies when I was younger and not really caring who anybody on the Jedi Council was <laughs> that was just me as a child um I was very focused on Anakin and his growth um Plukin's pretty cool I know that they've already kind of not in the show but like you can look it up on Wikipedia or if you have a Star Wars encyclopedia, which I do, um, usually at all times next to me while I'm watching this stuff. But I wanted to know, like, why Plo Koon has all of his mechanisms on his face. And I found out that his breathalyzers for, because he can't breathe, like, the same types of oxygen that we, that we, that everybody else can. Um, and his eye covers, oh my god, when I figured out his eye covers... I was mind blown and a little grossed out, but like, apparently if he doesn't have those eye like plates on the liquid from his eyes would like melt or something like they would just like vaporize or something. I don't know. Super creepy, but also super awesome that a character like that exists. And because I was talking over the episode, we basically have Anakin and Ahsoka coming on the mission. They've lost contact in the Abrogado system? I guess that's what they said. And if you guys didn't get it from the title, they're after the Malevolence. Which is a ship, not anything else. <laughs> the Malevolence is the, the ship that has the new ion weapon on it. So it's not the ion weapon itself. But it's really funny that they brought back the look of, like, how the Death Star shoots off. And in that same moment... Alright, I'm gonna pause it. In that same moment, because that was a very chaotic time. <laughs> in the same moment that they shoot off the ion weapon, it's, like, the purple, like, lightning look. But you have... And you have the two B1 battle droids over on the side that, like, made it... That clicked the button to be like, okay, it's fired. And then... That's very movie-esque of when he first says, when Tarkin first says fire, and they show the two, I don't even know what their position would be called, but the two guys in their black helmets on the Death Star, pressing the Death Star button, like letting it go, and you see the green laser light come out of the Death Star. You guys are Star Wars nerds, so you know exactly what I'm talking about, even though I sound like a crazy person trying to describe it. I mean, it 
it's a smart move to like have the ion weapon disable the ship and then just shoot it and destroy it. But also, how do those few shots make a ship entirely fall apart like that just did? It like got basically like cut up in pieces like you're cutting chicken or something. But also, he's just out here, the officer's out here screaming, it's tearing us apart, and they're just still standing there. Run. <laughs> Which clarification they did. They're in escape pods now, but it was just funny. Why does Grievous growl? I've always wondered that. It's not really something I can look up, I guess, to answer that for you guys. But if you have any indication, that's why Grievous would just growl about things instead of be like, okay. We are about to prepare a rescue mission. I think it's interesting that they talk about it as if everybody did die. Like, yeah, the ships got destroyed, but you also trained these people and tr entrusted these people for war. So you know... At least one of them made it to the escape pod. I feel like they're smarter than that. And also, you can feel Plo Koon because you're all Jedi, right? I know this is just me, like, being a petty fan. So I've got to calm down. But it just seems interesting that they're like, well, this is a heavy loss, but moving on. No, not moving on. Thank you, Ahsoka. Wow, first check mark as snips. She is learning from Anakin. Excuse my Padawan. We will deploy as you have instructed, Master. A stop gun. Okay, Dad. Wow, what a voice. I don't understand why. What you don't understand is Jedi protocol or your place, my young Padawan. Admiral, we'll split up our ships to maximize our defense area. I'll scout ahead for enemy activity. Isn't that risky with the mystery weapon out there? It might be. But I know you won't harden my orders. Come on, Snips. The air in here is getting a bit stale. Don't look at me. It's boost, sir. He only takes a bath when he's on leave. Save it. Just keep working on the pod, not your jokes. Do you think we've got a chance, General? I don't believe in chance, Commander. I know if we work together, we will stay alive, and someone will find us. With uh, all due respect, General, strategically, it doesn't make any sense for someone to come look for us. If I was in command, I'd be hunting that weapon down. I value your life for finding that weapon. Sir. Yeah, it's like if... See, I love that sentiment from Plo, because if... They can find their survivors. That's more team that they have to reevaluate with a plan, and more team that they have for another mission, another time. Especially if Dooku, like he was talking about, um, hiding their location. Especially if they're already hiding their location, like stopping and reevaluating would be in the best interest. Is that those new coordinates are too? I 
I do love, I don't know if you guys heard that in there, but I do love how they change the classic, like not change the classic music, but edit it just enough to where you like, you still get that feeling that like tingly, like, Ooh, this is star Wars feeling. But then like a few notes are changed. So, you know, it's a different story. Oh, love that. I see. Thank you, Admiral. That'll be all. Problem, sir. Anakin has just redeployed himself again. The Obi-Wan chin hold is classic. But it's funny because he does it sometimes when he's thinking and it's like, okay, but you don't need to be thinking about the fact that Anakin redeployed himself because you know... You know him better than anybody else. Like, come on. You knew that was going to happen. Probably scan for life forms to spot an enemy weapon probably just filled with battle droids. But all the biopsies. So it's okay when you don't follow what the council says. Doing what the Jedi Council says? He's the boss. That's one thing. How we go about doing it, that's another. That's what I'm trying to teach you, my young Padawan. So you always meant to come out here for survivors? Lives are in danger, Ahsoka. We can't just turn our backs on them. That's what I said back in the briefing room. I know, but the way you said it was wrong. Hurry up. Switch on the illuminator. We haven't got much time before the fleet misses us. No, that's not it. This one goes there, that one goes there. Are you sure? We don't want to make things worse. How are we going to make things worse? When you ask for trouble, you should not be surprised. Trouble already found us, sir. What if we connect uh, these two wires right here? I'm getting something. Is anyone out there? It's one of our other pods. We are under attack. Is anyone out there? That signal is weak. They must be close by. Which makes no sense. <laughs> Like, shouldn't the signal be stronger if they're not? Or if they are close to Yeah, wait, can't they, like, see that happening? Why would they still be trying to contact them? It's funny how that doesn't look like a lot of debris, but it is. And then also the fact that, like, the escape pods are out there and there's a very specific shape, but it takes them so long to find it. He's one of my oldest friends. It was Master Plo Koon who found me and brought me to the temple where I belong. Now he's lost, so I thought maybe I could find him. Incoming transmission, Master. I think someone noticed we're gone. Anakin, where are you? <laughs> Hello, Master. Wow, love that. That was hilarious. It was my idea, Master Obi Wan. Oh, I'm sure. Well, have you found any survivors? No, you were right. The separatists don't want any witnesses. All the more reason for you to rejoin the defensive escorts. 
Yeah, like, don't reassure him that nobody's there, because then they're going to be like, come back now then. Like, what a waste of time. R2 always come into the rescue, you know? I'll probably talk about that a lot, because, like, he does. R2 comes to the rescue all the time. He has since the prequels, and he will continue to do so. And the originals, really. This is a weird concept, but, like, do droids know what music is? Like, he was just humming. And obviously, no. Is it, is it relevant to the story? No. But <laughs> is it something I'm curious about? Yeah, because obviously there is music in this realm. But at this point, like, they're not stormtroopers, so they don't, like, go and raid the cantinas. They're just battle droids, so they just kind of do war and then do stupid bidding things like this, like going to make sure all the escape pods are empty. So do they ever have a chance to hear music? Would they know what it is? Is it in their programming? If anybody knows that answer, definitely tell me. Let a girl know. I guess it would add more to their quote-unquote characters. But also, like, they don't last very long anyways. even know he was a Jedi until he had his lightsaber on. Can't they, like, not tell? In the first episode, they were like, which one's Yoda? The little green one jumping around. Why can you not get a clear shot? Did you not hear that the first time she said it? <laughs> oh. Sometimes, you know. Okay, but if they're trying to boost the power, like, why can't he be searching faster? I don't know. Like I said, didn't look like that big of a debris field, but it probably is just because it's a cartoon. <laughs> Why didn't he do that sooner? He cut the arms off of like the crushing mechanism that they were using on the pod. I feel like Dooku is like the devil on your shoulder guy. <laughs> There's no angel on Grapes' shoulder, because he's just really screwed at this point, but Dooku's just kind of chilling back there, and he's like, don't let that happen. 
has found the remains of Master Prince Wheat and is searching the debris for survivors. On whose authority has he done this? His own, I'm afraid. With his fleet out of position, we are left vulnerable. His fleet is right where it should be. He's taken only a small ship, and his better one. Twice the they have become. I just want to know why they think it's a reckless decision. Like, if if they think there's no... If the Republic and the Jedi and everyone thinks that there's no survivors, then the Separatists probably do as well. And I know they talked about it earlier, and they said, well, the Separatists are, like, leaving no trace, or whatever they mentioned, however they worded it. But also... Like, if that ship has disappeared, if they're covering the tracks and, like, they don't see it, then it's not a bad opportunity to go and look if it's not there. And if it is, they could turn right around because they were prepared for something like that because it's just their ship. He didn't take his whole fleet. I don't know. I feel like Anakin's more prepared for stuff like this at this point in his life. Even though a lot of the decisions are reckless, it's still, it's ridiculous. Time to go, so I know that's part of his whole journey is that he's like not trusted very much, but I feel like for something as like these series it should be. I think it's interesting that they say it emotionally like that because if they know that should I don't want to call it programming because that sounds really heartless but like if they know that they're meant to be expendable shouldn't they I don't know I guess they could still be sad about that like it's definitely still something to be sad about knowing that you're expendable but at the same time like your whole entire life and job is to be a fighter so wouldn't you want to fight the whole time like the whole way. Are you okay, Master Flo? There's someone in the pod. <laughs> Will they be alright? The pressure suits offer some protection, but they require a medical frigate for recovery. I will stabilize them, sir. Your men are safe now. Tell me. You can't. You can't tell when. Like, you can tell, based on the moment and the music going along with the moment, that, like, somebody with less emotional features is still feeling emotional. Like, in that moment, you could only tell that Plo was emotional because he was, like, looking down and breathing heavy. But it's so weird that, like, you just can't see it in his facial features. And I think that's definitely something interesting that Star Wars brings to the table by, like, producing all of these aliens and all of their different cultures and whatnot. Just, like, as a concept, then you have to consider something as simple as like happiness and sadness. It's ridiculous. This is a very intense moment. <laughs> So see, in that amount of time, if they hadn't stopped to talk about things, they could have gotten out of there and gone back to the fleet instead of trying to come up with another plan about the weapon 
they should have just gone back and gotten back to their other duty. It's like, when Anakin goes off and does something crazy, everything should be fine, but then he go keeps going. He doesn't, like, revert back after he's solved one problem. <laughs> Okay, I know I said I've seen this before, but it's still like it hit me again that like he's still on the droid. It's funny that they've had so much experience with the fact that like a single droid on a single ship could be the difference between an actual droid just kind of floating in space and an entire ship of like rebels. And so they're going to turn around for a single droid signal. Come on, come on. Okay, but Juku's got to know that it's them. Not them specifically, but like Jedi. And so this is it's less of a like, I don't want witnesses and more of a I want you to kill these people for me. And I guess as the audience and Star Wars fans, we're supposed to be able to pick that up. But no kid is going to realize that, like, Dooku knows that it's Jedi that are out, out here. Fancy shit maneuvers is ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous in the best way, because I love it. They already know about it. <laughs> like, they just act like it's not something that they already know. I feel like that's the first time I've heard him admit that he has a master and that he's not the master behind all of this. Maybe I'm wrong. If you guys know whether or not I'm wrong, tell me. Because <laughs> I feel like that's the first time I've heard Dooku say, like, I'll have to discuss it with my master. And I, because I thought their whole point was to not be believed as, like, I have a master over me. They're supposed to be the most powerful person in the situation. Ahsoka. You want me there? I figured because of before. Ahsoka, through it all, you never gave up. You did a great job. But if I'm getting in trouble for this, you're going to share some of the blame, too. <laughs> so come on. Let's go. Right beside you, Master.
All right. So my quick discussion for Clone Wars Season 1, Episode 2, Rising Malevolence, is more going to be character-based, um, because for me, this one did a, in a s- small, a brief introduction of Plo Koon. And to me, Plo Koon was more of a background character until the Clone Wars came out. Um, and to me, I enjoy the fact that Star Wars is bringing background characters to the front. I know that in the cosplay community, background characters are becoming more and more popular, um, especially characters from the series. I think that's really neat. I think it brings a lot to the table. I think Plo Koon specifically brings more, what's the right word? Influence, I guess, as far as the Jedi Council goes. Because when you think, when you first saw these movies and you think of the Jedi Council, you think Yoda, Mace Windu, maybe Ki-Adi Mundi. And if you were a kid like me, you were like, the guy with the big tall head. Like, that was it. And you didn't really know if he made any decisions or not because you only ever saw Yoda and Mace talking about anything and making any decisions. And then later on, maybe you were like, oh, yeah, and then Obi-Wan made it on the council. And then once you're a teenager and you saw the prequels as a teen, you were just like, oh, and then Anakin didn't make it on the council, but he kind of did because Palpatine. So it's just, it's nice to see background characters coming to the front, making decisions and being like a large part of the adventures. Because when you see these things, ooh, excuse me, when you see these like shows and movies, you're like, Obi-Wan and Anakin can't be doing everything. They're not on every mission. It still kind of feels that way in the show sometimes, but it's nice that it incorporates other people. Plokun to me is a really great message behind the Jedi Council because he seems to be very level-headed in all of these situations. He cares a lot about everybody that he's quote-unquote working with, um, like the clones. He cares a lot about the clones and what happens to them. He still took Ahsoka under his wing, even though he's not her master. Um, I think he partially did that because he knows who Anakin is as a person. <laughs> um, but also, like, I love that Ahsoka and Plo Koon have somewhat of, a, like, a close relationship. Just because it's nice to see that with other Jedi that are not just Master and Padawan. So I think that's really cool. I think that episode brought a lot to the storyline and a lot to the characters as a whole. Um, especially knowing that Ahsoka has other influences in her life besides Anakin. Because as much as I love him, he's bad influence. Um, you guys check out next week's episode, um, episode three, Shadow of Malevolence. I recorded with my roommate. Um, so that's super fun because while she enjoys Star Wars in a very relaxed manner, um, she takes my fandom in stride, which is really great of her. And the episode is slightly funnier because she has no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, so I'm there to kind of fill that in for her and then just continue to check out these episodes, comment clone wars commentary with me, Cheyenne. Um, I'd be happy to answer any questions that you guys have. Feel free to message me on Instagram at jerica.training.academy. So again, that's Jerica, J E R R I C A a period training, another period academy, kind of like Jedi training academy. You know what? It's kind of like those things when you tell a joke and people are like, well, if you have to explain the joke, it's less funny. My Instagram handle makes plenty of sense to me. And then I explain it and people are like, oh, so you know what? I'll explain it if I have to. (laughs) Um, But you guys can go follow me there. If you have questions about the episodes, 
please feel free to ask if you have suggestions. Um, I'd be happy to take them. I'm new to the podcast world. Um, and speaking of which, I also have a podcast with my roommate called Drunkumentaries. We're not always drunk in them, and we use the drum word drunk lightly. We drink like a wine cooler while we're watching um, different documentaries on Netflix and whatever streaming service we choose. We started with I Am a Serial Killer on Netflix. We have episode one out right now um, on Anchor only, and it is working on getting posted on some other podcasting places. But keep in tune with that as well, because we're not just going to be doing like the I Am a Killer as a series. We're not just going to do that series. We're going to do an episode of that. And then next week we'll do a different documentary. And then the next week we'll go back to season one, episode two of I Am a Killer. So it'll kind of alternate like that. So it's not just monotonous um, and that it still stays pretty fun. Or you guys can just kind of pick whichever topic you want to listen to, whichever documentary you want to hear about. So again, Jerrica Training Academy on Instagram is the best way to reach me. Thank you to Danny and Kristen for including me on the Kessel Run Weekly family. And you guys go check out Drunkumentaries on your Anchor podcast app. Thank you, and may the force be with you.